sound in this episode may be askew and i want to explain that to you i want to explain that to y'all one listen i don't know if you can hear that noise that is the noise of an air purifier because i need one i will explain that in a second two it may be echoey in the echo chamber which you may be thinking oh well that at least explains the name well it does because i got rid of a piece of very Large furniture that absorbed a lot of the sound, and now it is echoey. Three. <laughs> That's actually my lungs making that noise. Trees and grass in this town have performing some kind of bukkake gangbang on my face and in my throat and in my in my sinuses. And it is horrible, and allergies are terrible, and I want to fucking strangle the universe. So, I sound like shit. There's an air purifier on to try to clean out some of these histamines. <laughs> I don't think that's the right word. Some of these allergens. The, the echoing is just as I explained. So, uh, I need to rearrange the studio here, and this is a problem, because um, I don't know what I'm doing. I need someone to help me. I need a woman's touch. Is that sexist? It's probably sexist, right? You probably can't. Well, yeah, it's probably sexist. Sorry about that. It's like good sexist, though. I'm saying, you know, women are better than me at this. You know, most things, really. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm better at having a penis. That's pretty much it. This episode already started off weird. Let's try to let's try to get the shit back on the rails. Um, <clears throat> yes, clearing my throat. So uh, my name is Alex. This is the Alex Cast, and um, this is a solo show for me to you, my blessed audience. I'm sitting in a very well, not an uncomfortable chair. I just don't know how to sit in this chair with the mic in any kind of. It's a mess. Everything's a mess. I and and I'm sorry. Please listen to the whole episode though, because. Frankly, I'm going out of my way to do this, so I have an episode coming out on Thursday. Thursday being the day you're listening to this, or downloaded it, or saw it in your iTunes feed, or, you know, nothing to do with anything. But, as I've said uh, on Twitter, and I forget if i said it on this show, I am putting out the episodes now, on Thursdays, every Thursday. Uh, because I, um, <clears throat> I uh, decided to. There's a whole reasoning behind it. I'm trying to... The reason I'm vacillating here and, and going aya, aya, aya is because I'm terrible at talking. Beyond that is... I was trying to remember if I actually said this on the show. If I didn't, I'm going to repeat myself. Uh, it, it was it was pointed out to me that people do like uh, repetition in their things. 
that uh, some people don't have just some kind of RSS feed or iTunes or whatnot to just automatically download stuff that they uh, physically check the website. And it's not really physically, but you get the idea. I mean, it's physically. There's, there's electricity moving and some kind of uh, thing. I don't really know how computers work. What does electricity do? It's like a some kind of switch, and then it's a one and a zero, and then ones and zeros somehow turn into other things, and then somehow we have Duke Nukem. So anyway, I've been putting you out on Thursdays. So last Thursday, the 31st, boom. What's minus seven days? That's right. The 24th, boom. What's minus seven days? The 17th, boom. What's minus seven days? The what? The 10th? The 10th. Boom. I'm going to stop going because I, I think, oh no, the third. I'm already to the third. Look how many weeks in a row I've been doing this. The 25th. Look how many weeks in a row I've been doing it every seven days. That's for you guys. That's for you guys. Because I love you and I want you to be happy. Uh, there's also the inanimate carbon pod is mixed in there. But anyway, that's got nothing to do with anything. The point is, um, uh, this is going to be released on Thursday and I am working through this this plant jizz-based illness so you can have the Alex cast you know and love waiting in your feed or, you know, sitting there when you check the website as described earlier. I don't know how people do it. I don't really understand any of this stuff. I don't know why I do a podcast. I do. It's, um, I get paid for it. I have a sponsor. It's the standard facebook.com slash the standard PDX. It's a sponsor. You'll hear about them later. I'm going to, I'm going to do an ad for them. It's going to be awesome. That's not why I do the show. Maybe it is. I'll leave that up for you to decide. You're going to have to, oh God. Oh, sorry. Donald Duck just started making noise. All right. Well, as the people that have listened to the show before know, when you hear Donald Duck talking, that means it's time for Alex to start the show in earnest. For those of you who have heard the show before, you may know that this is the signs that I'm not very well show prepped. Let me explain. I was supposed to have a guest tonight, uh, but uh, it was an author, and it actually seems pretty interesting. I think you guys can like the show. I'm not going to name him. Uh, <clears throat> uh, but uh, the book didn't arrive on time, so... I pushed the interview back because I just, I don't want to be one of those people that does an interview with someone that hasn't read their stuff or, you know, it's that familiar with them, which a lot of the people that I was on, I was bitching about this on, on, uh, well, not really bitching. It sounds like I'm bitching. It's not. Cause I know the point is I was on a lot of shows when I was trying to, uh, promote periphery. That's the novel. I wrote periphery available on amazon.com. Check alexcast.com for details. But, uh, when I was, when I go to periphery, I was doing a lot of interviews and, um, there were, uh, a lot of them were pretty uncomfortable for me at times because I could tell they hadn't read the book at all. And I, you know, it's kind of like this uh, elephant in the room thing. There's this uh, silent kind of overhanging thing, which is exactly what the elephant in the room is. So I don't know why I kept continuing to talk and to over uh, describe it. It's because I have to talk to myself for an hour tonight and I'm just going to use a lot more words. In conclusion, the Magna Carta was very, 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 very important to England and the surrounding areas of the United States kingdom great britain and the entire british isles britannia which 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 rules the waves and all the other various territories and subdomains of of england and the magna carta of course to this day remains a very 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 important document 
Here you go, Cheech. That's exactly 2,000 words. Um, I asked the audience what they wanted me to talk about, and I got some answers. What I did with those is going to shock you. I did a bit of show prep, and I did a bit of research. Fuck yeah. But we're not going to get to that yet. Here's a question for y'all. There is a thing called Patreon. Patron. Patreon. Patreon. P-dish. Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Wherein uh, you you would... Um, it's like a... Basically, it's a way for, for you to give me money for me to do the show. Uh, but you, it's not for... The, it wouldn't be for this... I mean, it would be for this show. But the idea is that uh, if enough of you were interested... And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna foist it on anybody. Uh, it seemed like people on Twitter <clears throat> and Facebook were just a just a just a roiling uh, 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 vat of apathy uh, about the idea. So I'm probably not gonna do it. But anyway, the idea is so um, <clears throat> you do it like a monthly thing or per show. It's for for this it would be like a monthly thing. So let's say it's five bucks a month, and I it may not even be five. Whatever the point is, some amount per month. For that, you would get like maybe an extra show or a longer version of this show, uh, maybe, um, I don't know, I'll give you like some insights to writing, first look at stuff, uh, maybe I do like a, uh, a monthly or like a weekly short like video show, like, hey look, you can actually see Alex's face when he talks, uh, and that would only be for the people that sign up for the Patreon, uh, thing, or, you know, stuff like that, or maybe there's other variants where it's like, oh, if you pay 20 bucks, you get like a, I'll give you like a book, that's signed and a t-shirt and shit like that. It would have you know, some variant thing. I haven't figured it out yet because I want to see if anybody's interested. So if you're interested, uh, find me online, alexcast.com at the alexcast on Twitter, yeah, blah, blah, blah. So this is my list of things. Uh, I'm just going through them. I'm banging them out. That says Patreon. There's t-shirts on Amazon, uh, blah, blah, blah. Good. No more of that. Questions asked. I went to Twitter at the alexcast. I said, dearest audience, I beseech thee, for I have plant jizz in my throat, and my guests fell out. What doth I do? Forthwith, my podcast. And you know what What they said to me? They said, Alex, come thither and look upon these words. And ye shall fall forth. <laughs> I'm going to stop. So uh, our friend and yours, Toronto Lydia, she is a lovely young woman. If you don't, uh, I shouldn't, oh, I shouldn't say young woman. That's, I'm very old. So if ever I say things that sound kind of like sexist and demeaning, I, I mean it like, cause I really am like a 107 year old man. I, I, so yes, she, she is a, she is a fine human being that, uh, that, that age and gender have nothing to do with. Cause I keep doing stuff like that. My friend got mad at me for calling her kiddo the other day. Not mad, but she told me to stop it. But I don't mean it. I just, I'm just 107. Anyway, at Toronto Lydia. She's great. You should follow her. She's a good writer. So, uh, she said, hey, uh, hey, audience. Well, first she, she said, Alex, is there any uh, kind of thing you, you've posited on the show that you now disagree with? You know, previous statements uh, towards the, uh, the, that you said out loud to, uh, to the audience that you now think... Oh, no, that's incorrect. And I was like, well, you know, pretty much everything I've ever said on the show, I don't agree with. And I don't agree with it immediately after saying it. Um, 
I don't believe in absolute truth. Uh, it's not something that I've particularly cared for. Uh, I don't think there is something that is true or untrue except for math. And even that's somewhat questionable depending on what theory of math you go by. So, uh, no, there's not, I mean, no, there's nothing that springs to mind that I, that I no longer agree with that I used to, uh, you know, that I used to say, used to posit as truth. Because, you know, even at the time of saying it, it's not like I particularly like 100% saying, oh, this is truth, because I don't believe in truth. But uh, let's see, the things that spring to mind that might be kind of fit that, I don't know, fit that, um, that rubric. Sure, that's a word. I have said on the show before that, uh, okay, let's, let's start with the world of the esoteric, uh, the, uh, the 14, uh, the, the weird, cause let's try to, let's try to narrow this down. I have, uh, I, I've, I've posited before that a lot of, uh, uh, psychic, a lot of just any kind of odd things that, the more likely explanation is that this is something kind of like a, like the union, uh, uh, collective unconscious that like the example that I came up with, and I know other people have come up with first, so I'm not taking credit for it. It just, you know, it's I, I, simultaneous, probably 30 years later thought, but that, uh, the, the, like the UFO, uh, you know, abduction phenomena is the same as, uh, um, what that is, is basically, archetypal memories or human archetypes being kind of drawn forth. So uh, the, the alien head is these giant eyeballs, big head, and then spindly everything else, which if you're a baby in your mother's arms would be the view that you see. So like, you know, your baby, your eyes suck. You have no idea. Your pattern recognition is crap. You have no idea what things look like. You have no idea what this monster is. It's like, it's the boob thing. Give me the boob thing. So what, what you would associate with, uh, with humans would be giant eyeballs. Cause that's what's, you know, looking down on you. Uh, and then kind of like the, the spindly arms, because those are like in the periphery or the, the unfocusable part of your vision. And so those are kind of the archetypes that are, that are kind of hardwired into humans and during the abduction phenomena or something when i say abduction phenomena i mean those things uh that those are just kind of being called forth from the inner recesses of your very mind um and so uh bangity bangity boom that is what happens during uh abductions and uh things like that related to the sleep paralysis or uh, you know the old hag phenomenon succubi incubi all that stuff that kind of things where you're sleeping things happening uh i used to kind of posit that 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 was the likely explanation that it is simply a kind of a glitch in the way that your brain is calling forth it's basically like a shitty computer program is calling forth the wrong program it's it's flipping the fuck out and going yeah and it's just you know it's it's trying to explain uh whatever phenomena you're experiencing, uh, you know, like basically nothing. It's just a dream and your body gets kind of confused and that thing. Uh, so I thought that was the most likely explanation for a lot of this stuff because, uh, it is difficult for me to think that this is a flesh and blood phenomenon that there are, uh, space aliens coming down and, and coming through your window and yada, et cetera. And, uh, I have, um, I've rethought that a bit, 
and not to say that I 100% disagree, because even when I was saying that out loud, I was like, shit, that does actually sound reasonable. I am now, uh, as I age, and this is very much a thing where, I shouldn't say as I'm age, I'm only 35. I, I speak like I'm a fucking, again, I speak like an old man, 23 skidoo, kiddo. But I'm just kind of, as I progress through the universe, it seems to me that in a, in a, and I have no evidence to back this up. It just seems like it's almost kind of that there's multiple narratives going on at any given second that, you know, if you want to call it dimensions, that'd be cool. Cause that's, you know, that's, that seems like a good word to use, but I just know that's got a very spe- specific scientific meaning. So I don't really want to use that, but it just seems like there's multiple things happening at any given moment. And you can be kind of the, 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 the human, uh, the meat sack is actually just, you know, is the radio. We're just the receiver. Uh, it's called non-localized, uh, consciousness. So basically consciousness isn't in your brain. Your brain's just like a really fancy radio receiving consciousness and processing it. And I think a lot of like kind of odd phenomenon now, I think the more likely thing is that if that is true, which I'm not saying it's true, but it's just that I kind of, I'm just, for some reason I'm leaning more that way. I just think it, it kind of fits more things. But anyway, uh, that if that, if that were true, then what we're dealing with is more the either awareness of the other layers happening in any given moment, like uh, uh, the freaky, weird, gray alien reality that uh, overlaps our own, or, um, you know, something along those lines. So it's like basically, or it's like a halt in the way that you're like, you know, picking up the signals and you're kind of midway between radio stations, which to the kids out there, just, you're going to have to Wikipedia what a radio station was and it'll make sense to you. So you had to, there was like these you know, you can actually kind of, you'd have to like hit, hit it on the dot, how to actually like tune into it. And they're like multiple and you kind of overlap a bit. It's, it's hard to explain. Um, it was in a car radio, which those are gone too. So, uh, you just find your grandfather. He'll explain it to you. But, uh, so yeah, I disagree with my old self on that one. Then that it's the union and conscious, uh, that is uh, more of like a meat based explanation. Uh, I, I just kind of, I tend to think now is I, I tend to think of myself more as like, uh, uh, as an antenna than a, uh, than a, than a meat robot. But my, my hesitation towards, towards putting that out is I am getting old and, you know, uh, you know, I'm more so I've not successfully passed along my, my genetics. So there's a kind of, there's a thought towards mortality at that point. At least I think that's the natural trend in, in, in people that, you know, I think, it's, I think evolutionarily it actually benefits, you know, it's uh, like right now, you know, I would be the, right now I'd be the uh, doting uncle uh, if I had, if I had a, a nephew or niece uh, or the, uh, uh, oh fuck, let's just panic and, and, and bed down with anybody possible if I were, uh, a little bit less uh, disciplined. But the point is, uh, as, as you know, as as that kind of as that as itch scratchingness of being a human does not get scratched. So I think about mortality more. Uh, I think you become more open towards uh, what I think the kids would call woo woo. Uh, so it could be that I'm just uh, I'm I'm becoming weak in my as I age. That I now think that this whole uh, radio antenna view of humanity, I may be kind of drawn towards that only because it is an easy way to not live in a decaying meat sack. It is like, oh no, I am simply in a shitty radio that's getting crappier and crappier, but 
you know, well, I'm really the signal, not the radio. And the other way, uh, you know, the signal and the radio are the same thing. When the radio dies, the signal dies. And then there's no more Wolfman Jack. Awoo. Awoo, indeed. So, those are things I disagree with myself from previously. But to be fair, I'll probably disagree with this statement now. In fact, I sort of am at the moment. So, I don't know. I don't know. But... That was uh, Toronto Lydia's question. Now, Toronto Lydia was nice enough to to uh, retweet me and say, hey, uh, hey, people that follow me, uh, do any of you have a topic for young Alex? And uh, her follower, at Vampire Nomad, said uh, she would like uh, answers to these important questions. Let's start with self-publishing merits. Um, well, for me, it's time. Um, it takes forever to get rejected from a publishing house. And as the publishing houses get less and less powerful, they don't have, you know, it's basically just that, you know, the printed, the world of uh, the printed word isn't as, you know, popular as it was. Um, I, I think it's less and less likely to get published because people don't want to take a risk on a new author. Um, now, you can do the thing where you just... Um, uh, uh, you send out to everybody. Like, this, okay, the old school way was you send out to everywhere all the time. Uh, you go, hey, uh, guys, uh, publish this, publish this. You get rejected 600 times, and then maybe somebody publishes you, and then hooray, and then sometimes... Uh, that becomes the the story of like, and that's why J.K. Rowling was rejected 13 times before somebody finally published Harry Potter, you know, which is true. Um, maybe not 13. Maybe, maybe it is 13. I don't fucking know, nor do I care. The point is she's rejected a bunch, and now she's a fucking the first person to make a billion dollars off of writing. Um, so uh, there's the plus side. The downside is you have to wait a really long time, and... Uh, the immediacy of self-publication is good because if you c- catch on, uh, you can get the attention of traditional publishers. And then your next work, you've got a, you know, a, a, a stance with them. And I think they'd be more likely to publish a work of someone that's got, and I'm saying this with a popular self-publishing thing, like not me, like mine, mine's not like periphery, not popular. So I it didn't work for me, but, um, I think uh, for those people that did sell, you know, thousands of copies of self-published stuff, you know, traditional publications will, I think, be more willing to take you on after that, which who knows if that's useful to you or to anybody these days. I think if you're selling enough copies self-published, all you really need is a, uh, is it like a, is a PR person and that might make up for stuff. But I mean, who knows? You know, I don't, I am I didn't really look into a lot because I mean, frankly, I was, I was, I had always intended on self-publishing periphery. I just didn't want to go through the waiting game. Um, I think uh, I think for s- short stories and things like that, uh, I think kind of the traditional magazine route. I feel like is the more is the is the better option, uh, even though you have to wait, even though you're going to get rejected a shitload more than you're going to get accepted. Because I I don't know. I just I feel like I don't know as many stories of or at least I haven't heard of as many stories of people uh, 
getting, uh, you know, well known from just being a short story writer. And, you know, the, the whole point, I think, of, 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 you know, publishing through, you know, a traditional house is, is getting well known. I mean, that's the, it's getting your words into more people's hands. So, uh, yeah, those are the pluses, those are the minuses. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I recommend getting, I recommend self publishing, uh, go through Amazon or whatever. And, um, you know, be your own PR machine. But if you have time, if you want to wait, if you're like one of those people that just is already working on the next one, uh, yeah, start sending it out, uh, you know, send it out to, you know, who knows, you know, there's, there's been, there's plenty of times that, uh, you know, a, a manuscript got pulled from the slush pile and it became something good. So I don't know. I just, I like the self-publishing thing though. You know, I have no real reason for it. Frankly, I, I, you know, I didn't sell a shitload of copies of the last book and, you know, I didn't get enough reviews to make it look like it sold more copies. Cause really that's the thing. If you get enough reviews on there, uh, on Amazon, whatever, it looks like you, you know, like it looked, you look like, Oh, look at that guy. He, he did a great book. And then, you know, you can draw, you know, kind of publishers attention that way, but so it goes. Uh, yeah. So self-publish it, I like it, but, um, you know, uh, maybe, if you have time, you know, do it the other way. I'm just repeating myself now. I don't fucking know. Uh, speaking of JK Rowling, um, I was, I was at the mall the other day. Not that JK Rowling lives in the mall, but I, I was, uh, I was looking for a Simpsons DVD for the other podcast I do, the inanimate carbon pod. Uh, so we only talk about the Simpsons on there. So I, um, I was looking for a Simpsons DVD and I was, I, I typed into, uh, the internet and was like, Hey internet, where can I buy this? And the, it, it told me there was uh, stores in the mall and I, I wanted something to do that night. So I was like, okay, I'll purchase a Simpsons DVD at aforementioned mall and go. And, uh, it was really weird being in a mall. Cause one, it's, uh, like there's like the malls are kind of dead, uh, because of Amazon. Um, so there was a lot of closed down stores and like one, like one of the kind of big stores, like a Nordstrom, you know, those like big ass stores that are like the, the, the edges of the mall, uh, it was shut down and, and it looked like, uh, there was no gate. It was just, you could just walk into this empty, uh, giant store and it, and it looked like a, a, a video game level. It looked like, uh, like this was where zombies were about to come out or some kind of, uh, where is everybody? And, and, and you're the last man on earth or something really fucking creepy. Uh, so I recommend it wholeheartedly. And there, so the mall by me is the Lloyd center in Portland, uh, Oregon. And, um, there's a skating rink in the middle, like, you know, like an ice skating rink, you know, to skate on ice. And, uh, that's under construction as well. So like the middle of the mall has this, has just uh, white, you know, tarpaulin up and, uh, and then it leads to that empty store. And it's just, it's, it's like, Oh, this is creepy. Like I've, I like, I wouldn't have been shocked if I walked outside and it's like, it was 10 years later and I have an age, but everybody else did, you know, like one of those kind of fey stories like, Oh, I drank the drink of the fey and now all everybody I know is dead. And they're like, Oh, look at that guy. I remember the, 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 the legend of the podcaster that went into the underground parking structure and never came back out again. 100 years later, they saw a man wandering in, in out of day clothes that didn't hover because in the future, all things will hover. So why was I talking about the mall? <laughs> I was at the mall. I was in the Simpsons. I wish I could rewind. Uh, the Simpsons. Why was I talking about the Simpsons? I was at the mall. Someone. Ah, oh, man. Why was I talking about this? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I didn't tell you guys. So even if I had somebody in the room, you wouldn't know that no one in the room would be like, hey, Alex, you're going to tell us about this. So I went to a bookstore. 
because I hadn't been in a bookstore in a fucking long time because I can steal uh, a Kindle from the internet and I just steal books. Fuck you. I do. You can steal mine if you want. Just leave a review afterwards. So I walked into a bookstore. I was like, hey, bookstore, look at this. And I and there was this uh, Harry Potter uh, area, this little like table full of Harry Potter accoutrement. And I knew that accoutrement existed for Harry Potter, uh, but I'd never really uh, seen any because I'm an adult, even though I love Harry Potter a lot. You guys are, are well aware of that. So I was there and they've got like a wizarding chess set, which I thought was stupid because in the books, the chess pieces are alive and kill each other. So, I mean, just by the definition, it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't be a wizarding chess set. It would just be like a themed chess set. So fuck you. Uh, but they, they had a um, Harry Potter uh, Trivial Pursuit. And I was like, oh, that's fucking sweet. I, I totally would buy a Harry Potter Trivial Pursuit because I know a shitload about Harry Potter. This would be fun. I could I could play with my friends that I have and really like me. I could, I could pretend I have friends and play with them oh, i don't even have imaginary friends but anyway i look at the thing and it's for the harry potter fucking movies which i don't like i don't dislike yeah i do i dislike most of them they're pretty shit but the point is that's a fucking bookstore dude dude with a d why do you have a harry potter the movie trivia game in the bookstore it's a book series that yeah they made movies out of given but you're a bookstore. These should be Harry Potter themed book stuff, not 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 movie stuff. And I was, I was and I was quite upset. And I slammed down the trivia pursuit on the counter. And and I and I gave I gave the lady at the help desk an earful. I said, "Madam or sir, I demand explanation for this 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 travesty in this bookstore. I am a regular customer. I've been here." At least twice in the past decade, I think I've bought something once, and this will not stand with your movie things. And then, 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 then he or she said, uh, pardon me, sir, I don't know why you're yelling at me uh, and, and why you're doing it in such an old-timey fashion. I would draw your attention to the half of the store that sells DVDs and, and various entertainment uh, ephemera uh, to answer your question. And I would say, ah, yes, but... To that, I will, I will, and then I, then I, then I, then I scarpered and I ran. I got out of there. I bet you can figure out what part of that story was real and what part wasn't. Would you like to take a second to figure it out? Good. I'm going to take a sip of soda while you do. I'm drinking that, uh, that hippie soda that's made from stevia and, and, and it's got like, it's like soda water stevia and, um, like a splash of like fruit juice in it. Because uh, that's the kind of guy I am. That's the kind of edge I live on. So, Harry Potter trivia. It annoyed me. And I wish there was a Harry Potter trivia trivial pursuit. Because if there was, I would play it. If there were, I would play it. And um, I would invite you over and we could play it together. And we'd have a good time. But alas, it's not meant to be. Or it is, I don't know. I, I did a search on, on the old internet for it. But it was it was confusing because there's apparently every fifth site on the internet is Harry Potter trivia. So trying to find like a like a a, a, a real life version, I don't even, I don't even know how to like I don't even know what the the boolean terms to put in to to 
figure out how to find it. So I'm going to stop rambling now. Facebook.com slash the standard PDX 14 Northeast 22nd Portland, Oregon. That is the bar where I hang my hat or I would if I had a hat. I don't have a hat, but if I did, I would take it off when I went indoors because as I referenced earlier, I'm a million years old. You shouldn't wear a cap indoors. Maybe I'm old fashioned, but I think it's impolite to wear a cap inside and I think I should be able to punch you repeatedly till the hat falls off. Maybe I'm old-fashioned. Maybe I've just got a bit of politeness left in me that, uh, you know, when I'm all liquored up on the cheap hooch they serve at the Standard, I like to punch men in hats repeatedly until the hats fall off. And then I'll stop punching them and offer to buy them a drink because they are no longer a man in a hat. They're a man that used to have a hat, and I am a man with a broken hand. At the Standard. 14 Northeast 22nd. You know what else I uh, don't like? Men who wear hats indoors. That's the same people. The Standard. Go there. They've got pinball. They've got all sorts of entertaining things like uh, pinball and pool and shuffleboard. And they've got uh, very inexpensive drinks. $4 microbrews like every day. That's just like what their microbrews cost. That's really cheap. Uh, $3 on Sundays for microbrews and $4 monopolovas on Mondays with dollar hams on Wednesdays. And there's there's happy hour and there's a there's a there's a patio outside to sit and enjoy the 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 sunshine or so I'm told I've not been out there. But uh I'm told that there's sun out there and people go out there and enjoy things. Uh, I don't have joy, so and I don't like the sun, so I've not been out there, but I've heard it's great. So, you know, if you have the capability of enjoying your life, you should go to the standard and go and enjoy. And then report back to me and be like, hey, you anhedonic piece of shit. I enjoyed that, and I would say, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you listened to me and went to facebook.com slash the standard PDX, 14 Northeast 22nd. That, my friends, is seamless motherfucking advertisement. Not motherfucking, though. That would be wrong. I mean, not not like any mother. I mean, like your mother. Not yours, like the, the I mean, one's mother. Another question. <laughs> I wonder how, how much this makes sense on the show. That uh, when I pause like that, like, do you, do you guys know I'm doing that on purpose? Like this, I, I sorry, maybe I'm over-explaining it, but... I sometimes I like I I put myself in the audience's perspective and like I wonder how much of the shtick actually comes across as shtick and it's and how much of it is sounds like it's real I don't yeah I don't know maybe I'm just gonna I'm gonna bash myself over the head a few times and uh and then I'm gonna listen to the show and see if I can't figure it out I don't know if bashing yourself over the head makes you forget who you are but I'm pretty sure it does I've watched a lot of cartoons in my time back to the questions at Vampire Nomad continues her questions. I, I, I'm assuming her. Um, she wanted to know about Wes Anderson, his color, his color schema. And uh, well, back to the self-publishing thing. She she wanted to go back to uh, could could someone make a quality art novel about the Royal Tenenbaums? Um, I mean, I'm not really sure what an art novel uh, is. Uh, that sounded sarcastic. I literally don't know what an art novel is. I'm gonna maybe I should look that up before I answer the question. I, I would say that somebody already did uh, write, you know, kind of well, long short stories uh, about the Royal Tenenbaums. It was, it was called the the, the, the Glass Family. Uh, they, they it was J D. Salinger, and he wrote it, you know, 50 years before that movie came out, which is weird time traveling plagiarism. But um, 
Nah, nothing shows up immediately if I do art novel. Anyway, uh, yeah, so you can read the Glass Family stuff. Uh, Franny and and Zoe uh, is is really good, and Nine Stories. That is, it's a lot of it. Or you can uh, there's also uh, uh, Hang High the Roof means Carpenters. I think that's pretty much the all of the ones that have the Glass Family in it off the top of my head. And I mean that off the top of my head because I didn't look into that. Continuing on, Wes Anderson, Color Theory. Uh, the Vampire Nomad wants to know, what's the specific significance of yellow in Wes Anderson's films? What a fine question. So much to the point, I went, duh, yellow. Because when I think of Wes Anderson, Anderson, when I think of Wes Anderson, I think of red. There's a lot of red in his movies, a lot of muted red. And I was like, wait a second, there is a lot of yellow as well. I was thinking about that scene where uh, where uh, uh, Richie and Margot are in the tent after uh, Richie's suicide attempt. That uh, that's a yellow tent, and then uh, a lot of the font uh, that I don't know the name of, but that same font he always uses, uh, a lot of that's yellow and stuff. And I was like, oh wait a second, I think I think the 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 submarine from Steve Zissou, the Life Aquatic, is yellow. And then they've got red caps. I'm like, yellow and red? What is going on here? So I typed it into Google. And you know what I got? Someone wrote, uh, by wrote, made a video called Red and Yellow, a Wes Anderson supercut. And it goes, uh, it is somebody by the name of Rishi Kaneria. Rishi Kaneria. At Rishi Kaneria. And uh, yeah, uh, Rishi went through and did a supercut of all the yellows and reds in Wes Anderson films, which I thought was pretty fucking interesting. So, further thing, I found something from Sidesplitter, the many muted yellows of Wes Anderson's film color palette. And uh, they did this thing of uh, the color palettes of the films. Now, uh, interestingly enough, not interestingly enough, but this explains why I think of red, that Royal Tenenbaums, the first thing in the color palette is red, and there isn't a very bright yellowy uh, thing in it. Uh, according to this color palette thing from this random website I've never heard of before, which I believe is where you should get all of your information from. I will post this on my website for this episode, alexcast.com slash whatever episode this is. Uh, so, yeah, so thinking about it, all right. I think Anderson uses red and uh, everybody just put up, I'm going to pretension flags. Feel free to raise them. Uh, Red, I think he uses for kind of some combination of kind of a quest or longing. Um, I remember they're kind of like a, like that Zisu thing with the red caps and uh, kind of the, the underwater tiger sharky things. There's like kind of strange use to red there as well. Um, a lot of the kind of house exteriors have like a red vibe to it. I think there is kind of a, you know, movement or desire uh comes out as red in the films um there's uh the the um uh uh oh god there's the uh what do you call those in in, in um curtains uh, 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 theatrical curtains uh during margo's play there's also in rushmore that same thing there's a lot of kind of anyway there's a lot of kind of like this creative quest longing kind of desire uh thing going on and then think about yellow, and it, maybe this is just coming from the tent uh, in Tenenbaums. And I also remember a bit in um, um, 
what is that? What's the kind of newer one? Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, that there was uh, there was really heavy yellows while they were in the camping section of that. That that's kind of like a w- weird kind of childhood reference. I think that kind of bright orange, bright kind of sun yellow uh, is his evocation of childhood, or at least maybe not innocence, but um, that kind of energetic, youthful mode with, 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 I mean, I guess a touch of innocence to it, but not so much. Cause I mean, like, it's like the, the Tenenbaums one, it's, I mean, the man had just tried to kill himself and then he ends up making out with his, his adoptive sister. So, you know, not the most innocent thing that's ever going to happen in a movie, but you know, certainly not the least. I mean, I, you know, at least they're adopted. It's technically fine. I wish I could think about this more and not think about this more. I wish I could go on more about this. I'm going to keep this. I'm going to make a note in the back of my head and return to this after I watch Wes Anderson again. I haven't watched the Wes Anderson film in a while. Uh, I, uh, as I've discussed, ad nauseum on the show, uh, have a broken brain that makes everything horrible. And part of that broken brainness is uh, uh, just this, this, uh, vast uh, ennui, this 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 soul crushing alone, this this horror that uh, that is uh, that is uh, continually makes me feel like I'm alone in the universe. This is a comedy show, uh, but Wes Anderson hits that pin in me. And, and assuming we're using an, an acupuncture metaphor that I didn't re- pre-introduce, but now I have, he he puts that pin absolutely perfectly within me like uh the, the his song choices is is uh, now that we think about it, his color palette uh just the pacing the acting just the the kind of awkward silences uh it is hits me at that exact spot and it's difficult for me to watch this stuff because it just it it it, it because it is you know it's, to me it's emotionally very very um kind of it's a catalyst and I don't particularly want to deal with that right now because I'm dealing with a lot of other crap. So I haven't watched uh, a ton of or, or any Anderson in a while, but when I come back to it, I'm going to think while I'm watching to think to myself, yellow and red and not, not in like a Hulkamania way in a Wes Anderson way. Hulk Hogan, the greatest Wes Anderson fan. I don't know. Maybe also it's probably just me. I think everything in the seventies was kind of yellow, right? Like everything just had like a, a stanky yellow vibe to it. Like you ever look at like authors pictures in the seventies, like everybody just had like, are there like a, like a, like other gross, like stringy yellow hair? I guess you call it blonde, like some kind of like yellow leisure suit or, or even not leisure suit, but just kind of, casual button down that had some kind of yellow thing like all all old film of new york like anything like watch any 70s movies in new york and it just has this kind of like patina of like kind of nicotine yellow so and i think just because you know so so wes anderson kind of from the 70s i think i think just everything's everything's hairy hairy and yellow is what i think of the 70s and that's 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 anderson's you know uh formative years so I take back all that color theory stuff I was thinking about before. I think just the 70s had a patina of gross nicotine stained yellow. And yeah, that's my theory. It's not a good theory, but it's what I'm putting out there. So fucking deal with it, Jack. <laughs>
I remember said Jack before, but I was thinking about the 70s. The 70s had one of the things that the 70s beats the shit out of modern day with slang. Saying Jack is fantastic. Um, well, what else do we have? Okay, I'm going to tell you the truth. My, I'm, my throat's starting to hurt. Oh, crap. I probably should do more. All right. Now, fuck it. This is going to be a short one. I don't blow my voice up more. Uh, yeah, this is, this is, this is, yeah, okay, we'll do a short one, I'll throw, I'll throw, like, a song at the end or something, um, yeah, so, uh, thanks f- for listening, uh, remember that Patron thing I said, I gotta, I'm just gonna always call it Patron, uh, I'm not gonna, oh, and if you're, like, if you have no interest in that Patron thing, uh, that's aces, like, I, it's, the show's gonna be exactly the same, like, I'm not changing fuck all, I just kind of, I, I see a lot of other shows are doing it, and it would be a good way for me to, um, one, get extra content out, and two, uh, you know, maybe lift myself up out of some small amount of squalor, uh, which, you know, let's face it, it's not going to happen, so no big deal. Um, yeah, that's about it. If you haven't already, remember, review the show on iTunes. Unless you don't like it, then don't review it on iTunes, because why would you go to your way to give the bad review? That's just stupid. But if, leave a good review on iTunes. That'd be nice. Uh, leave a good review for Periphery on Amazon, because... That would be nice, too. You don't even have to read it. Just, you know, leave a review and say, hey, Alex is great. Yay. Then I can go back to that self-publishing conversation at some point later. Uh, there's a T-shirt you can buy of the Alex cast on Amazon. Whatever. I already said this shit before. I've already said it before. I've done it all before. I'll do it all again, I guess. Yeah. So at the Alex cast, alexcast.com. I feel kind of shitty about this episode. I'm sorry, guys. I frankly, I um. I was banking on having a guest, and now my throat feels like it's starting to catch flame, and it's not good. And it's already it's already getting late at night, and you know what? We're done. I'm gonna throw a song. No, yeah, maybe I'll throw a song on at the end. That's what I said before. Yeah, maybe I'll do that, and that'll be good. Enjoy that. So yeah, I've been Alex. You've been the audience. Uh, I will be back next Thursday, uh, uh, definitely, and maybe uh, another one before that, depending on what happens, because I. Um, this week, the, the guest for tonight after reschedule, and then I have a guest next week. Um, so maybe I'll do two episodes in a week or some kind of thing like that. You don't care. You're not listening anymore. You're at home going, how, how can I tell Alex how much I love him? How can he go to, uh, Patreon or whatever? And yeah, that sort of thing. Oh, uh, okay. Wait, let's finish it up. Cause now that now I'm going to get, I'm going to get one more gripe off my uh, chest. Cause let's face it. This entire show is just me feeling bad about myself and telling you about it. So, uh, I, I, our friend and yours, uh, Logan, I think, is that what it says? Whatever. That guy from South Africa that I, that I referenced, uh, last show or two shows ago, um, he was. He brought to my attention that there's a couple of signed copies of Periphery on on Amazon. Oh, that hurts. What the fuck, guys? You, I sent, I sent you a signed copy and you fucking got rid of it. Oh man, you really like. What was the resale value on that? Like four bucks. Just leave it on your shelf. Pretend it means something. That is that is heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. And I'm going to buy everyone. And if I find out who you fucking are, I'm going to go to your fucking house. I'm going to put a hat in your head and I'm going to punch that motherfucker off. Because, you know, remember what I was saying before about the hats? Hats inside don't really bother me that much. And in fact, I I don't think I've ever really punched a person before. And um, I don't want to ever. 
like I'm pretty nonviolent, like so much to the point that I'm just not violent at all. So that was this whole episode was lies. I did go to the mall though, so that was true. And that the thing about the the thing being closed, that was true too. But anyway, um, I'm gonna stop talking now, and you're gonna go about your daily routine. Um, yes, I, I'm, I'm fond of all of you that have listened to this, and uh, thank you for continuing to do so. Uh, please say hi to me if ever you're on the internet, because, you know, that makes things easier. Okay, uh, bye. Stephanie says that she wants to know why she's given half her life to people she hates now. Stephanie says, Stephanie says, when answering the phone, answering the phone, what country shall I say is calling from across the world? But she Such a